वेलकम टू द स्टोरी वन केक टू बिलियन probably the only thing where millions come together forgetting their differences forgetting where they came from and do nothing but enjoy an experience where they are apart from the economic view sports is known for stories that inspire us stories of courage uh, hard work and sacrifice and more now football as we all know is the biggest sport in the world though here in india cricket is the one that is more popular but when we dig into football that is indian football we realize how significant is its past a past filled with stories like mentioned uh, before but it also had freedom fight stories so that's rare and believe me when i say lagan did happen 1911 but we will get to that so if you are not a fan of the sport you may want to stay for the stories because they are really interesting well let's get to it it, it was a bright day in kolkata the breeze was perfect but of course the british thought it uh, was unbearably hot in this third world colony of ours a british soldier tried passing the ball to his teammate but he missed his mark and the ball went all the way to the opposite end and outside the field you know <laughs> A boy named Nagendra was walking with his mother holding hands unaware of what was to come you know the ball came bouncing towards him and the soldier shouted uh, pass the ball pass the ball you know uh, in the heat of that game that ball was kicked by this little boy and that kick started the history of indian football i mean that is you know as simple as that some of the more romantic accounts suggest that that was the first time an indian kicked a ball ever uh, nagendra prasad sarbadikari is known as the father of indian football uh, he is the one who started spreading football across bengal and eventually later across the country he was so fascinated by the sport some say that he collected money from his friends and bought a football ball and started to play on his school ground and uh, you know people were so fascinated themselves that they all watched then came the presidency college professor t a stack a typical british professor you know uh, the days remember the days when they wore the suits you know in front of us and came to us and you know uh, and he arrived to ruin the moment it would seem but he just said this is a rugby ball so stack bought the children a new football and even taught them basic rules now maybe you know he just liked the idea of indians playing a british game maybe finally the indians were becoming accustomed to the british ways who knows you know this this was all happening to give you a context this was all happening near 20 years after the sepoy mutiny in the year 1877 you know the sepoy mutiny took place in 1857 we have all uh, read about it in our schools so in 1877 right when the fire against the british had been lit but it was just to be sure the british saw this boy and were so impressed they made him take the leadership in promoting football in calcutta and he did just after a year or so he founded the boys club one of the first clubs in india and many more some smaller clubs when i say sports meets you forget boundaries i say it due to these few incidences and now i read that there was this club wellington club also founded by nagendra prasad 
and it had a lower class man you know as a player and naturally there was a lot of uproar you know casteism exists even now in india years ago it would have been you know uh, i don't know if it was worse or not but certainly it existed but there was no ganger prasad who did not give in under the pressure from the british officials and upper caste indians and he took in the man anyway now this is the man who shows us that he understood the importance of unity back then 11 years later the past the ball incident the durand cup was formed the third oldest football cup competition in the world it was yeah it was not the spanish cup or the coupe de la ligue or copa italia which juventus just lost Uh, it uh, was the durand cup fa cup of england yeah it's the oldest form in 1871 although the third oldest tag might be debated you know but if it is not third it is definitely the fourth beyond certainty and yeah of course it's the oldest in asia parallel to this happy story of football blooming in india there was freedom fight all over the country you know the freedom fight was you know it was beginning to take shape Also in Bengal, the Indian Congress was starting to make noise, which the British did not like, obviously. Although steady progress was being made in football, as I said, there was glimpses of oppression here too, you know, and the taunt that how much ever noise India made, she was still under the British Raj. In 1893, the Indian Football Association was formed, but it did not have a single seat for an Indian. Now, moving forward a little bit, you know, people must know arsenal you know one of the uh, huge english clubs and they were founded in 1886 current champions of the premier league and the champions league liverpool were formed in 1892 and chelsea in the year 1905 in between somewhere the pride of bengal and to some extent india as well was formed in the year 1889 the ribbon for mohan bagan sporting club as it was called back then was cut the players were even paid salaries so that they could concentrate on football although it is hard to confirm about indian football players whether they received salaries or not but you know so goes the story now next few years there was a steady growth more clubs were formed the game spread across the country sova bazar club uh, based in calcutta won the trades cup you know one of the local trophies calcutta fc won the ifa shield which was a huge uh, thing back then it was progress but many of these teams you know included british officials and british soldiers as players uh, as squad members they weren't all indian squads yet bengal was the hub of politics and football at the same time history enthusiasts and indian freedom movement enthusiasts may know upendranath bose as the president of indian national congress when he became that in the year 1914 But before that presidency, he had the presidency of guess what, Mohan Bagan. He was the first president of the club, and he took the club forward. Uh, and I know I'm concentrating a little bit towards Mohan Bagan because the interesting part uh, of you know I think the most interesting part of Indian football history is coming up, and it is largely related to Mohan Bagan. In the year 1900, Subedar Major Selian Basu took over the club. A heavy-built disciplinarian, as he was known, when the Bagan team was practicing, and he came over to oversee the training of whatever it was called back then. And you know, I assume he must have said, you know, two more physical work and less play kind of 
what every one of our coach sounds like when we are in school but he made the bagan team fit and ready to play you know he made them physically strong and began to show the success of off field efforts came when the club won few domestic trophies and also defeated few all british teams uh, you know i read somewhere that the british a british aristocrat smirked and said there was far little competition to them and maybe that was true but in 1911 when uh, the suffering all around was visible you know we as you know as we come forward in the football history we also come forward in the freedom fight history and all around you know it's 1911 and just 5 to 6 years before the harmony of bengal together bengal presidency was disrupted when it was decided that bengal is going to be partitioned in west bengal and east bengal and the east bengal side had a capital dhaka which is now the bangladesh capital with around 31 million population the west mostly consisted of hindus in west bengal a clear attempt to divide us was the phrase in many discussions back then you know in congress meetings and even in the small chatter of people the congress was broken too you know there was radicals led by tidak who thought combat was the way and there were moderators led by dk gokhale so you could understand what was the situation at that moment which was going on now british armies dispatched bengalis from their homes in shock the day the division was to be made and they literally pulled them and made them to sh- you know go go east go west they had to shift but obviously india fought back many years the protests continued acts of terrorism you know bombings and killings took place the young blood was roaring i mean i i would like to think that way because the young were now coming into the protest it was no longer a soldiers protest it was no longer a protest led by politicians one day matram they shouted after every rebellious act also now coming back to 1911 when bagan was invited to play the ifa shield amidst all this and they were ready all indian squad led by shibdas bahaduri and bijayadas bahaduri with abhilash kosh the all important uh, you will get to know why and obviously the one who was going to face the incoming shots the goalkeeper hiral mukherjee and obviously there were other players who were of great importance the granddaughter in law bahaduri while talking to indian express after she received the first under 17 world cup ticket held in india a couple of years back from charles puyol the spanish legend and barcelona legend uh, she said that they as in the bahaduris they had devoted their lives to the cause they nurtured the possibility of achieving freedom of their motherland through this game football was a way of life for them it was also their fight to freedom those are some very heavy words now july 1911 the hitabdi magazine and this is a funny part famously reported that an indian passenger asked the score to a british man 
uh, you know, uh, in the train or in the trams. And after the semi-final, he asked, you know, what was the score. And instead of the score, what he got was a tight slap on his cheeks. So that kind of shows how increasingly uncomfortable the British were becoming with what was going on politically on one hand and what was going on in their own sport. You know, this Bagan team which won the semi-final was too much for British at that time. That's why whoever asked maybe received a slap on his cheek. Here was the team defying odds, playing barefoot with no care for life and defeating British teams left and right in the IFA Shield. And finally, we come to the day where people just started to pour in the ground to watch the final. Mohan Bagan was in the final. The British must have counted them, 100, 200, 1000 and even they lost count at some point around, they had to, around 60,000 fans witnessed the final of the Shield that day. Pouring in from Calcutta, Bihar, Jharkhand and most importantly here, Dhaka, the capital of East Bengal, they showed their unity cheering for those 11. Every single one of them wanted just one outcome. The tickets were sold at Rs 15, it was originally for Rs 2 and people bought them anyway. To give you a context of what 15 rupees back then were, is you have to understand that an average salary of a teacher back then was 7 rupees per month. So imagine you have a huge salary, for example, you know, 25-30,000 and you have to spend about 60,000 for one ticket. Would you do that? The players came on the ground. British ladies uh, cheered for their men on one side, and an ocean of men and women, you have to imagine, an ocean which consisted of 60,000 waves cheering for their men. There was the whistle, and the game began. Toe to toe, leather to skins, and metal toe cap to nails. Mohan Bagan versus East Yorkshire Regiment kicked off. Suddenly a free kick into the game, the uh, East Yorkshire had scored from a free kick, 1-0. As the ball went into the net, only a handful saw the scene, rest were trying to stand on their toes and get a remote glimpse of what was happening. The black kite flew, the ladies cheered, but not for long, when the captain shipped us equalized from an open play and the crowd roared. Maroon kite flew now and the the whole crowd erupted. The I mean that that must have been the noise of unity. They even shouted one day matter. We call today the Anfield a dangerous ground because of the passionate cheering. Well, imagine at least ten thousand more people on top of a jam-packed Anfield cheering together for their lives and for their freedom. A terrifying scene. Eighty-seventh minute. The ball is passed to Shibdas Bahaduri again and he comes across beating the British players and he crosses the ball and there it is. The ball comes straight to Abhilash Ghosh and he has a tap in, cool calm and collected, scores the winning goal. Now the score is East Yorkshire Regiment 1, Mohan Bagan 2. The fans cheered. Whatever I talked about, the eruption must have been doubled, some maybe in tears, I mean, <laughs> I know I would have been because an all-Indian side had beaten the British at their own game. 
that Bagan lifted the trophy, so was little space of young, the old, the woman, and every Indian there was. This was the first victory. There was no bloodshed. This was a moral victory for millions. July 1911, Bengal was reunited in the stadium, and December 1911, the British, due to the never-ending spirit of the mass protests, unified Bengal altogether. As the years continued, new clubs were formed, more people were interested in football. I must restrict myself from imagining where I would we be today had the British left early in terms of football, uh, or what if British never introduced football in our country? <laughs> And that's just the ultimate history thought. After the triumph of 1911, Bagan went on to win the trophy for 21 times, and their arch rivals won it 29 times. Arch rivals? Well, who are they? Well, when we speak about Real Madrid, the biggest club of all, we instantly imagine Barcelona. We say Arsenal. We imagine Spurs or Chelsea. Say Bayern Munich. Borussia Dortmund's always there. Manchester United. Manchester City. But ask any Indian football fan, when you say Mohan Bagan, one name instantly pops up on the lips, East Bengal. Well, East Bengal was formed in 1920. It was a similar story to the formation of Liverpool. A few unhappy board members and founding members of a club named Jora Bagan left and formed their own club. Since they were from the East Bengal, they named it East Bengal. This club, in its early years, had a fan base mostly consisting of immigrants who were separated during the Bengal separation, and so began one of the world's oldest derbies. In 1924, now shifting back to the international football, leaving the club football a little bit behind. So yeah, in 1924, India, still in its early developmental phase, embarked on an international tour, captained by the Mohan Bagan captain Gosta Paul. He is also pronounced as Pal, but please correct us if you are wrong. The Indian team consisted of British as well, and of course young players, young Indian players as well. So it was a mixed team. You can see how the tables were already turning. There were British players, but captained by an Indian. Therefore, the football journey has a lot of parallels to the freedom struggle of India. The captain received a Padma Shri in 1962. About 30 years after his retirement, that you know, from this you can imagine the impact of his personality on Indian football. There is a funny story related to his nickname, and he was called the Wall of China, our captain Gosta Paul, due to his obviously defensive world class. And one day he visited Shantiniketan and met with a fan. That fan was not ordinary himself. He was the first non-European to have won a Nobel Prize in literature. He was Rabindranath Tagore, and Tagore said to Paul, "You truly are the Chinese Wall." That was his legacy then, you know, uh, being praised by a Nobel laureate. Like the European greats, we talk about, you know, uh, European great defenders, Maldini, Nesta, Cannavaro, and so many more. But Gosta Paul's legacy may be forgotten today. At At least, according to his 67-year-old son, who said, "Quote: No one remembers him actually, and his legacy is forgotten." On Gosta Paul's 114th birth anniversary. But we will make sure he is heard today. This maiden international tour inspired other clubs to go abroad and play in the 1930s, and we have come a long way—about 60 years, from the 1870s to 1930s.
I think that is enough for this episode. We will be with you for the next 60 years of Indian football, diving deep and narrating interesting stories. Till then, keep listening to the story from one kick to a billion. Thank you for listening to this first episode. We hope that you liked it. This episode was narrated by Avnish Naik. The next episode will be narrated by Vedan Pavaskar. So hang on, we have a lot to go through from the 1930s to the 1980s. We'll make the journey in the next episode. Keep listening.